You know, another good thing, too, is look up on Sabres. Look up uh, Ty Cobb and Reed. Those guys are really good, and they really do great, great homework on this stuff. Babe Ruth. It was the third game of the 1932 World Series between the New York Yankees and the Chicago Cubs. I decided to take a take a swig of my uh, Diet Pepsi to get all dry mouth going. Going on. The Yankees had won first two games. Now as the teams return to the series at Chicago's Wrigley Field, a, mu- a noisy crowd filled the stands to root for the Cubs and hoot the Yankees. The two teams did not like each other. The uproar reached a peak in the third inning when Babe Ruth came to bat for the Yankees. Ruth, the greatest slugger of all time, had been taunting the Cubs from the beginning of the series. Now he stepped up to bat against the Cubs veteran pitcher, Charlie Root. Charlie Root. The crowd was getting back at him. So were the Cubs, who shrieked insults at Ruth from their dugout. Ruth paid no attention, but dug in at the plate. The Cubs pitcher, a fastball over the plate, Ruth watched it go by. Without waiting for the umpire to rule on it, Babe simply held up one finger, signaling that it was a strike. On the next pitch, he did the same thing watching the ball go by and then holding up two fingers to signal that it was strike two. The crowd was roaring at him in anger. Was the great babe just pulling a fancy stunt? Ruth turned and grinned at the Cubs dugout and stepped back in the batter box, batter's box. Root the Cubs pitcher got ready to throw again. At that moment, the babe lifted his right arm, pointed to the direction of the distant right field wall. And that is question two. So, they were, that's an answering question. They weren't sure if he was doing that, at that thing, or if he was signaling something else. Then the pitcher came in. Swinging the babe hit a tremendous drive deep and high to right field as the crowd came to its feet in the belief and disbelief. The ball sailed over the wall at the spot to which babe had pointed only a moment before. It was the most cocksure gesture in the history of baseball. Had the babe actually been telling the fans that he would hit that pitch over the wall at that point? The new newspaper men asked him after the game. It was the greatest thing I ever saw, one of the reporters told him. But if you missed that ball, you sure would have looked like a sucker. 
By gosh, that's right, Ruth answered. I never thought of that. It would never have occurred to the babe that he might fail because his entire career was one of triumphal experience. If any other player had attempted <coughs> excuse me. If any other player had attempted such a stunt in an impossible game, he would have been called a braggart or a fool. But the bay was different. He was the most colorful player in the history of baseball. Whatever he did on or off the field was all right with the fans. When he hit home run, it was a gigantic. When he hit a home run, it was a gigantic one. When he had a bellyache, it was a gigantic one. The babe had not always been on top of the world. In fact, during his boyhood days, no one would have given a nickel for his chances of making a success of baseball. Born George Herman Ruth, 1895. He was the son of a saloon keeper in a poor Baltimore neighborhood in Baltimore. This was right where the uh, Camden Yards is now, is where he grew up as where the, the saloon was. There were seven other children in the family, but the babe was the most difficult to control. <coughs> Finally, his, uh, his parents sent him to St. Mary's Industrial Home for the boys. They were fed and clothed by the Roman Catholic brothers who ran the school. George Herman Ruth grew into an awkward, manage, awkward teenager. One of, the, one of the men who took an interest in the boy was Brother Gilbert. He was there, he, was, he has since told of the first time he ever saw Ruth. I was at St. Mary's one day. I had this, seen this boy, as far as I was concerned, was just a big kid in blue overalls. He was catching for one of the teams in a league. They had St. Mary's. And if you ever wanted to see a, see a bone out of joint or one of the trainers or one of the nature's misfits, you should have seen him. He was a left-handed catcher squatting behind home plate. All he had on was a mask and a glove, which he wore on his left hand. When he had to make make a throw to second base, he would take off his glove and tuck it under his right arm before he made the throw. And how he could throw. The ball was the ball was three feet off the ground, going through the pitcher's box, and three feet off the ground when he got to second base. Brother Gilbert talked to the baseball men in Baltimore about his youngster. He had told them that anyone who could throw the ball so hard would make an outstanding pitcher. Soon the babe was signed to a contract. He wanted so much to play ball that 
he was amazed when he learned that the local team would pay him for it. Within a year, he was pitching in the in the big leagues for the Boston Red Sox. Fans are inclined to think of Babe Ruth simply as a great slugger. Many of them do not remember that he was probably the greatest all-round player. Probably the greatest all-round player the game has known. You know what's funny? I'm going to stop midway through the paragraph. How about Shoy Otani? It's incredible. He's at the top of his game when pitching, and he's the best. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. If he's not one of the best, he's not the top hitter. He sure is there. That's for sure. You know, it's it's amazing. It's just totally amazing what the guy's doing. You know, even. And I'm just going to keep reading because this will explain what I want to talk about. When he was with the Red Sox, he was the best left-handed pitcher in the American League. 1915, he won 18 games. Then he came back to lead the Red Sox through the pennant. 1916, by winning 23 games. In the World Series, 1916, by winning, I'm sorry. In the World Series, they beat the Dodgers 4-1. to he won 23 games again in 1917. Then helped the Red Sox to win the pennant and the World Series in 1918. One of his victories in the World Series was a shutout. Meanwhile, the Red Sox were discovering that Ruth was even more of a help to them as a batter. Home runs were not very common in those days. It was rare for a pitcher to hit any home runs at all. At all. But the Babe had tremendous power. Throughout the league, that other players the other players were talking about how far this young left handed slugger could hit the ball, and he made an imposing figure at the plate. A big moon face fell with a flat nose in a barrel-like body. Most curious of all, that huge body was set to slender slender legs, which looked as if they could not support a man from his size, half his size. Soon the Red Sox began to use Ruth in the outfield in those days when he was pitching. Then, in 1920, they startled the baseball world by selling the Babe to the Yankees. The Red Sox needed the money. The Yankees immediately saw that Ruth could become the most exciting player in baseball. They told him to forget about pitching. From now on, he would be an outfielder, and he would take his place in the lineup every day. So the the uh, Red Sox had an owner named Harold Frazee, and a 
can't remember the play, but he had a play that was just losing money. And uh, so he sold Ruth to the Yank to the Yankees. And obviously it became a big, big mistake. Because obviously Ruth went down to hit a lot of home runs. And he uh He's amazing. He just It's just amazing that, I don't know if you folks have seen this, but he's, there's, he's, he's hitting a ball. That was a pillow. And, you know, and they, don't, they didn't replace the ball like they do nowadays. I think they might have had like two or three baseballs is all about they had. So they had to play with the same ball. When they, you know, and, when the ball was just worn out by the time the ninth inning rolled around. So that's what they had going on. And uh, But Ruth is still, still creaming the ball. And when you get a ball like that that's all busted up, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to hit home runs. You know, it's hard to get it up in the breeze and have it because of the, uh, of the ball like that. Just mangled. Suddenly, fans are flocking into the ballparks as they never had before. The Yankees drew thousands of people wherever they played, and most of them came because of Babe Ruth. This new fan didn't know when, where first base was. A baseball reporter once wrote, but he had heard of Babe Ruth, and he wanted to see him hit a home run. When the babe hit one, the fan went back the next day to see him hit another. Pretty soon he was a regular. And knew not only where first base was, but seemed to second base as well. Babe Ruth had now taken the place of Ty Cobb as the most exciting player in baseball. There's another book out there that uh, it goes into Babe Ruth and uh, Ty Cobb, and it's really good. So if you want to get on, check that out if you're interested in them. These guys, no two men could have could have farther could have been farther apart in the way they looked at baseball and in life. All Cobb thought about was the game. But Ruth, when the game was over, thought only about having a good time. He did not sit around in his room at night, figuring out ways to beat the other fellow. For a while, he roomed with a player named Ping Bodhi. But Ping seldom saw him. One day, someone asked Ping where he, who he roomed, whom he roomed with. I roomed with the suitcase, Ping said. Ball clubs did not travel by plane in those days. On long trips, they took the train. When the Yankees had soon, when the Yankees had short trips to make to other cities in the East, such as Boston and Philadelphia, their manager allowed them to go to 
drove by automobile. Ruth, of course, had the biggest and fastest car. And the other players liked to travel with him because he was fun to be with. One of those trips, the babe had revealed several of his teammates in the car with him, as well as Charlie O'Leary, a coach. Just speeding along, singing at the top of his voice, and laughing with the others. When suddenly the car went out of control, it skidded from him into a curve and turned over. By a miracle, no one was hurt. But then Babe noticed that O'Leary had been thrown out and was lying motionless on the road. The Babe rushed over to him where the coach lay like a dead man. Oh, God, bring him back. Don't let him die. Take me instead, the babe, the babe moaned. moaned. O'Leary still lay there motionless. Speak to me, Charlie. Speak to me, the babe, the babe uh, begged. At that moment, O'Leary sat up and looked around. Hey, he hollered. Where the heck is my straw hat? The babe pushed him down back again and walked away. No matter how much fun the babe had the night before or how late he had stayed up, he always ready to play the ball the next day. Till he joined them, the Yankees had been losing, had been a losing team. Now suddenly they were a success and Ruth was just their star. 1923, they opened their new ballpark, Yankee Stadium. It was the finest ball state, baseball stadium in the world. The newspapers called it the house that Ruth built because the crowds attracted by Babe had provided them money to pay for it. On the day that the stadium opened, more than 60,000 fans crowded into See the beautiful new park and in and catch Babe to watch Babe Ruth. The Babe did not disappoint them. He hit a home run with two men on, and the Yankees won the game four to one. So in two thousand and nine, obviously it doesn't say it in here. In two thousand and nine, they opened the uh, the new Yankee Stadium, and they took a took the one out that Babe Ruth built. And um, what a fantastic, what a fantastic stadium. Look at all the world championships they won. The Yankees were winning the pennant now too. Whenever they needed a big hit, they looked to the Babe. He was always there to help out in any situation. One afternoon, the Yankees were playing the White Sox in East Chicago. The game went into extra innings tied 1-1. The Yankees officials had made reservations for the team to board a train to New York the night right after the game. Now as, now as innings after inning went by, they began to Worry that they would join the train, or they would miss the train. In 15th inning, Ruth noticed that the 
One of the Yankees officials was acting fidgety. What a, what does what's worrying what are worrying now? What are, what's a worrying you? He asked as he grabbed this bat and prepared to go to the plate. Are you sick? You bet I am, the official answered. If you if you bums don't finish this game in a hurry, we're all going to miss the train. Take it easy, Ruth said. I'll get the, I'll get the, I'll get his auto here. The babe went up to bat and bat. After him bat and hit the ball out of the park. As he came back to the dugout, he looked over at the official and grinned. Okay, he said, see you in the taxi cab. There were times when the babe had his trouble, troubles. He was the biggest eater, as well as the greatest home run hitter in baseball. He was enormous quantities of hot dogs and drank enormous quantities of soda pop. Naturally, he often had stomach aches. As a rule, they did not stop him from playing. But in 1925, he was standing on a platform as a railroad, as a railroad, at a railroad station, he doubled over in pain. He had to be rushed to the hospital. Too many hot dogs and soft drinks for breakfast, the doctor said. For a while, he was in very bad shape. Some newspaper men, newspapers even reported that he was dying. The whole country became concerned about the condition of this famous man. One reporter even were, even wrote that the babe had developed the world's most important stomachache. But soon babe was back on the playing field leading the Yankees to championships. And there was a... Uh, I believe they won 20, 27. So, well, that's, you know, that, they haven't won one for a while, but that is awesome. Wherever he went, the crowds lined up to, crowds lined up to see him. If people in a small town learned that the babe was on a train, which would stop there during the night, during the night. They would all come down to the railroad station to get a look at him. And the babe never never failed them. Even if he had been around been sound asleep, he would get himself up, put on his bathroom, and walk onto the platform to wave at the crowds. He was he was a favorite whenever wherever he went. One day the Yankees played an exhibition game at Sing, Sing Prison. Well, that's interesting. An interesting name for a prison. The babe came to bat and hit a home run. Far over the prison wall. 
Oh boy, I'd like to be riding on that one, a convict yelled. The behave loved it. When one of the prisoners who was sitting was acting as umpire called one of his Yankees out on a close play. Ruth ran over to him and yelled, Robert! The prisoners enjoyed it as much as Babe. As much as Babe did. Ruth was always genuinely fond of children. Whenever he heard that a child was ill, he tried to do something about it. Many times as soon as the game was over, Babe would hurry to get dressed and rushed to a hospital to see some child who was ill. I'll hit a home run for you tomorrow, kid, he would say. And as often as as not, he kept his promise. The Babe had arguments with his teammates, of course. He was a great player, and he expected other players to come through in the clutch, just as he did. He even criticized the Yankee manager. One year, however, the manager had enough of Babe. Miller Huggins, I believe it was. And the way he appeared late at the ballpark every day, he fined him $5,000. That was a record, too. But for the most... But for the most part, his teammates liked and admired Babe, just as the fans did. It didn't even bother him that he had a hard time remembering their their names, remembering their names. He knew the uh, names of a few of the men and he had played with for a long time, but he just couldn't remember the others. So he made up names for them. He called one Yankee pitcher Rubber Belly and another one Chicken Neck. He knew an infielder as Floppy as Flop Ears and another pitcher as Duck Eye. Nobody seemed to miss his new name as long as it came from Babe. Babe hit 60 home runs in 1927, ended the career with a total of 714. Is more likely than any player ever will approach that record. Are you sure about that now? Yes, so most home run hitters do not hit for a high average. The Babe also finished his career with a lifetime batting average of 342. I, you know, that doesn't get uh, emphasized that much, just the home run record does. But if you hit 342, the way he did, he was slow, and that's saying something. I could have hit 600 every year if I'd wanted to, he once told a friend. The way they used to play for me, with the infielder's back, no one on the edge of the grass, and the outfielders out by by the fences, Everybody swung around to the right. I could have rolled a, I could have rolled the bunch anywhere on the infield, or popped the ball into short left field and walked to first base. Why didn't you, his friend asked. 
because the babe said these people paid to see me hit home runs. And the babe always gave the people their money's worth. Yeah, that's a good that's a good story. I liked it a lot, you know. That is the type of thing where you know, I, that that's a fun story to read. And you know, it's 